Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Devon and Green, the pen name of Jonathan Green, always knew writing was in his blood. He grew up as the son of author and composer B.B. Johnson, a.k.a. Joseph Green, who wrote Together Brothers and Across the Alley from the Alamo. Drawn towards cartels, crime and drugs, Devon and Green completed his first serious undertaking in his early teens. After an underwhelming critique from his father's friend Saul David, director of Logan's Run and Fantastic Voyage, Devon and Green put down the pen and entered the world that he wrote about in an endless cycle that there was no escape from, ultimately leading to incarceration. Wow, that's quite an intro. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> Devon and Green, to the podcast. Well, glad to be here, Victoria. It is a pleasure, and I can only say that uh, I have looked forward to this for a while. Oh, excellent. We're really pleased to have you here. Well, thank so, you. Glad I wondered here. if you could talk about the challenges that you've faced as a writer, such as the rejection that impacted you so hugely in your teens, and then how you overcame that. Well, when I was young, I remember uh, going to my Uncle Saul David's house with my dad, because my dad didn't want to write didn't want to read the book. He didn't. He was like, I, I'd rather let your uncle read it, so forth and so on. So he had sent it to him somehow. And, and we went out there and my uncle's Saul lived up in the hills. I don't know if it was Beverly Hills or one of those hills out there, Hollywood Hills, maybe. And it was a windy road. He always had a beautiful house. And we get to his house and we're sitting down and he's talking to me. And he's like, Jonathan, well, you know, your, your book is, you know, it's okay, but you know, you really want you to paint a picture. I want to taste the characters. I want to see what you're what you're writing about. You know, you might you know take your time and and get back into it. And you know, he he elaborated on that, but I guess I probably stopped listening after. You know, it's really not that good. That's what I heard. Yeah. So uh, I I stopped writing. I just stopped and you know went another direction. And it took me years. It took me years to finally start writing again. And uh, when I did, I didn't write for anybody else except myself. I wanted to complete my first book. It took me some time and I completed it. It took me maybe a year, year and a half. And I learned along the way in all, all my writing. It takes me about, it's persistence. But it takes me approximately four pages to write one page of text. That's okay. just the way I write. Everybody has a different way, but it takes me, you know, you, I have to write a lot to whittle it down to what I'll keep and what, what has to go. And, you know, those, those overcoming that part of you that doesn't want to do it, that, that well, not today and all that, uh, you got to get in those habits. You got to put yourself in those habits every day. And I have to write every day. And my wife hates it sometimes when we're on a cruise or whatever, and I'm still up early writing and while she's asleep. But if she wakes up and I'm still writing, she's not the happiest. But make a long story <laughs> short, you know, that's I, I enjoy writing. I enjoy the challenge of it. So I've gotten the habit of it and I don't want to get out of it. 
Do you have um, a target of words that you write every day? I just want to write one page a day. If I can write two or three or four, great. If I can't, and if I write two or three or four pages and I erase them all, then I erase them all. It just doesn't sound right. It doesn't work. So I'll take them all out and start over. You published your first book, Laredo Nueva, in 2021. Yes. And you have a new book you've been working on, Paladin, which will be released in the next few months. Can you talk a little bit about your books? Laredo Nueva was my first book. Mm -hmm. That was about a Sicario named Ernesto Acosta. And Ernesto was tied up with Las Sanetas, crime syndicate out of Mexico. And they were a bunch of bad people. And Ernesto worked for a guy named Ghost. And Ghost, they called him a goat. They called him Ghost. That was his nickname. But they called him that because he was always between houses. Nobody knew where he was. And he was the, the federalities couldn't capture him. Well, that story also involves a truck driver who uh, gets caught up with the drug cartels. And eventually this truck driver loses his whole family and his wife, his kids, and everybody dies behind the drugs that this truck driver gets involved with. And so that was my first book. But in the end of that book, to be quite honest with you, there's a redemption that you will love, everybody will love. Because when you get to the end of that book, you're like, I'll be dumb. But anyway, I won't spoil it. My next book that's coming out soon is called Paladin. Uh, It's called Paladin Briscoe Duvall's Defender of House LaFleur. Now, Briscoe is a flawed hero, and he has an ex-wife. Well, let me correct that. His wife passed, and she was actually murdered. And at the time, Briscoe was a womanizer. He was an alcoholic. He was a drug abuser. He all around wasn't a good guy. And with the death of his wife, it, life hit him square, square in the jaw or however you want to say it. But something jolted him into, you know, he had to make a change. And eventually that's what he did. And he changed. He looked at his life and he said, I got to do some right in this world. And he was already a billionaire. So he devoted his life to straightening out the world's wrongs. And he helps people with money most of the time. He also helps people who doesn't have money from time to time. But the people with money, he will find out who killed this person or who did this or who did that. And he has some pay and he gives the money to charity and so forth and so on. But he is a billionaire on a mission to straighten out the world's wrongs. That sounds like a really exciting book. Yeah, well, it's good to hear. <laughs> Skipping back a bit, I noticed that you said one of your characters was yes, a truck driver yes, and you yes. actually run a trucking company as yes, well ma'am. as being a writer. Yes, so yes, does that ma'am. mean that sometimes when you're writing, you're actually in different states traveling? All the time. Every so, night, I'm in a different state, yes. Do you write in your truck? Do you have- yes. Pretty much every night when I'm done, I will pick up my computer, turn it on, and start writing. I was just going to say, do you tend to write on computer or pen and paper? On my computer. But during the day, if I think of a thought, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll write it down. I cannot, I, I can't do that talking to a, a, a recorder stuff. And yeah. I, I, that's just not, I don't know why. My wife bought me a recorder. I just... That wasn't yeah. my thing. I have to write it. I don't know why some people have to, but they say there's all, those are the two type of people. You either have to hear it or write it. I have to write it. 
that makes sense to me. Yeah, I think it's a great idea, but I don't think I could do it either. So <laughs> do you find when you're driving for long stretches, you get ideas or you think about your stories and the characters? And Yes. Every morning I try to concentrate. There's a, there's a time in the morning, probably an hour or two after I'm in, start thinking about, okay, what's next? Where's my character going? And, and I tend to write from here to there. I, I don't write in a straight line. So there'll be a scene I might think about. And I say, oh, man, that'll be a good scene. And I'll write a little one or two sentences. And then at night, I'll elaborate and bring that scene out. And if it's a good scene, I'll keep it. If it's a bad scene, oh, well. <laughs> I might write the whole thing and then just erase it all. Excellent. I always get ideas for things when I'm driving. And I only drive short distances. So it would be uh -huh. lovely to have that time to think about your stories where do you get inspiration for your characters from i have been a, a movie buff for years but a lot of my characters actually are based on people i know or people <laughs> i've come across i have a new character and i'm going to tell you the story i i was in we went on a trip to europe and we were in the mediterranean on a cruise and we were on our way to the, we were on a tour bus or something. And we had a gentleman with us. And somehow he got the moniker, Butt Naked Rick. <laughs> so I grabbed it because we were in a bus. And the lady, we were talking to some ladies. And, and my wife knows I'm a talker. And we were just talking. And I said, yeah, and that's Butt Naked Rick in the back. And he smiled and waved. And his wife looked at him like, you're really going to do this. And everybody started laughing, but he is something about the guy, his personality, the way he is. He, he, he's ex-military and grabbed me and I put a character in the book I'm working on right now, which is number five. I put a character in there called Butt Naked Rick. He's uh, quite a, quite a human being. He's a, a CIA agent to the 10th power ex-CIA, ex-FBI. They don't even know who he actually works for, but from time to time, he works for Briscoe to Boss. Wow. Did you yeah. say you're writing the fifth book at the moment? Yes, yes. So this is in the Paladin series? I'm on my third in the Paladin series, okay. and I have two done in the Laredo Nuevo series, but I don't know when I'm going to publish that second one in that series. I know, you're doing great. Okay. Well, I've seen these writers because on, on my website, uh, well, on my TikTok and Instagram, I like to feature writers. And right. I tell you what, some of these writers are really prolific. Really? Uh, matter of fact, Colleen Hoover writes three books a year or something like that. Or there's a, one of these writers I just featured today writes in the top five on the, on the New York Times bestselling list. She writes three books a year. I said, good Lord. Every year, three books. In one year, she wrote seven. You know this lady's name, Danielle Steele. Oh, Danielle Steele. Okay. Yes. I said, I'll be doggone. One year, one year, 20-something, she wrote seven books. I said, you got to be kidding me. At least I believe it's Danielle Steele. <laughs> I'm not 100%, but because I, I, read, I read all this stuff all the time, try to keep up with these writers. And one, I think it was Danielle Steele who wrote seven in like 2017, 2018 or something like that. Oh my goodness. Which writers do you like to read? I'm reading James Patterson right now. It's a cross down book uh, about Alex mm -hmm. Cross, one of those one of those novels. Oh yeah. I like Lee Child, mm -hmm. the Jack Reacher series. 
I like, uh, well, Jason Bourne. But see, those are movies. I've never really read the book because I'm probably, to be quite honest with you, a bigger movie buff than I am books. The last two books I have actually read are Lee Child. I read the one, the last Reacher book, and now I'm reading James Patterson. So James Patterson and Lee Child right now. But that'll change. I read all the J.R.R. Tolkien. You know, I read the, oh, yeah. the, the, Lord, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, that whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. I read that years ago, but that's one of those you, you can't put down. And I read that I was a big comic book buff. I used to have all those X-Men and adventures and all that stuff. Superman, Batman, so forth and so on. But right now, I guess probably Lee Child is my favorite author. We talked before about your father being a writer. Yes. What kind of genre did he write in? He wrote, his books were called Super Spade, like Superfly kind of books. And he his his main character was Superfly's soul brother <laughs> and uh, killer and the degree was a pimp. He was, he got around, let's just say that. <laughs> and, and, and he tried to, you know, that's what my father's books was about. Those in the early, late 60s, early 70s, the Black Girl Exploitation books the same genre as, as uh, a lot of other people were writing about the iceberg slim kind of genre. But you know, that that's what his, that's what mm-hmm. his books were about. And yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't actually, I read all his books, but I haven't looked at one of those years. So my, my memory is kind of vague, but I, I remember some of his characters and some of his books and so forth. I was going to say, what did you have to employ any certain strategies or approaches to carve out your own creative path that was different from his, or did you just have different interests anyway? I guess I just have different interests, mm-hmm. and and I grew up, you know, movies was a big part of my life because my dad actually took me to movie sets. Did he? Wow. Oh, yeah, man. I I remember I have a picture at home uh, when I grew up. I went and saw the actual King Kong being made in the early 80s, late 70s. The one that they actually had a robotic Kong. And I sat in his hand and my dad has pictures of this and so forth and so on. I went to Logan's Run set. Yeah, I had pictures of that. And we went to, uh, oh, what was Little House on the Prairie? Oh, you didn't. Yes, went to that set when I was a little kid. Yeah, I went to a lot of sets. I had an uncle, Bruce Kessler. He was a producer. And my uncle Saul David, like I said, he did Logan's Run. And I did another movie. We went to another movie set with him. I can't remember the other movie that that it was. But it it was about the shrinking. You know, they shrunk a whole ship down to go into a guy's body. Unbelievable voyage or something like that. But yeah, I went to that set when I was a kid. I went to a lot of sets. And I used to go to to the Brown Derby in Hollywood all the time with my dad. But I was a kid, but my dad, you know, he, he was, he would write screenplays and, and he knew all these guys. So we would go and have, I had a ball. That's so fantastic for you. I guess shaped my likes and my dislikes. Yeah. And, you know, my dad's wrote about stuff relevant to his times. I'm writing stuff about stuff, stuff relevant to my times. Yeah. To our times nowadays. Absolutely. Have you ever felt a pressure to live up to your father's writing success? Not really. I, I when I was a kid, I was pressured to play baseball like my brother, and and you know they wouldn't let me play football. They wouldn't let me play basketball. I had to play baseball, and I I was very good at baseball. And in seventh grade, I think it was before I went to high school, I had an offer 
a scholarship to go to USC. They came to a game. I hit two home runs and talked to the coach afterwards. This USC coach was there because my brother went to USC on scholarship. So it was natural that they, that, you know, they wanted me to go to USC. And, you know, I, I had a great game and had a scholarship, you know, a scholarship. Hey, USC wants you, so forth and so on. And, you know, my dad was happy. But me being the kind of rebel I was a few, few years later, I stopped playing baseball altogether. I said, no, you know what? It, what my heart wasn't in it. So biggest mistake I probably made in my life, but my heart wasn't in it. I think if your heart's not in it, it's not a mistake. Yeah. I, I used to have people, man, I thought you'd be in the major leagues nowadays, man. What happened? You know, but it is what it is. I can't change it now. So I, it's, it's in the past. And you got to keep on going, moving forward. You've had quite a lot of entrepreneurial success. Well, I have, I have done a few different things. Yes. Mm-hmm. I used to flip houses. And I used to, man, I had a ball doing that. Wow. My, what my, does that involve exactly, flipping houses? Well, you find a good deal, a reasonable deal, and you put money into that house, fix it up, so forth and so on, and sell it at a profit. And I was doing great at that for a while. And I bought a boat off that. I bought many things. I took my kids all over to, to the lakes and let's go for the holidays, this kind of stuff. But you know, it, it, in, in 2007, 2008, when the financial crisis hit, the whole world changed. Yeah. And my, my fortunes diminished greatly. And I had to start all over again. So, you know, I started all over again and got into public adjusting, worked for State Farm for a short period of time. I, I worked for an affiliate of State Farm. Let me straighten that out for a short period of time. And then I got into contracting in New Orleans and you know, that was fine. I didn't, I, I couldn't get ahead though. Every time I thought I was getting ahead, something would come up and this, that, and the other and make a long story short, I've decided I'm going to go into truck driving and got into truck driving in 2013, had a plan and the rest is history. Truck driving has been great to me, been great to my family, been able to put us all over the world. We, we've been able to do a lot of things. I, I, I'm blessed. Do you think there are any specific principles or mindset shifts that are crucial for entrepreneurial success? You have to have some kind of drive. Mm-hmm. You have to have whatever, you have to find whatever that drive is that drives you. Everybody's different. You have to find something that gets you up every day. I get up every day, four o'clock in the morning. I'm just... Four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock. Well, actually, lately oh. I've been getting up 3.30 to 3 to 3.30 because I find... I can get down, get to where I have to get to sooner. I get more miles done in that morning time because the traffic's gone. There's no traffic. And I can get a lot farther in general than when I start later on. But I've been under pressure lately. They've been, I've had some runs that they say, hey, man, we got to get it there. Okay, I get it there. So I want to make sure it gets there. So I start a little bit early. But it's a challenge. I think it must be. How far do you typically drive in a day or does it vary? Uh, well, I might, my general day is normally 500 to 750 miles a day. A day? Yes. Yes. So that's... you got to, you got to get down that road and make it happen. And that's every day, pretty much. It, every, every six days, I might have a day off to my clock's done. But yeah. if not, I keep on going. Gosh. 
So what time do you go to bed if you get up at 3.30 or 4? Uh, no matter what time I get up, I, I can't get to bed before 8 o'clock. I just can't do it. I don't know why. Yeah. But in general, I need six hours. Some people might need eight. I need six. If I got right. six good hours, I'm good. And normally I'm up at six hours anyway. So if mm-hmm. I'm at home and my wife and something's going on and we might go to bed at 10, I'm up at four. That's just my thing. I, you know. I would like but to anyway, be able to do that. I think that's brilliant. I, I, I won't elaborate any more on that because she's like, where are you going? She might, I might ro- roll out. Where are you going? God! You know, but anyway. You got to do what you got to do. You do. You do. Yes. How easy is it to sort of maintain a healthy lifestyle while you're driving all that time? It is difficult. Mm. It is difficult. So I make sure I eat a salad every single day. I try to eat a salad because you can eat. When I first got my first three months, I probably gained 20, 25 pounds on this road because I was eating all that bad stuff for you. But, you know, you you learn and you, you, I've, I've seen, you know what? I saw a guy early on in my trucking life, and the guy was probably 450 pounds, six, five, six, six, maybe 450, trying to get out of a truck. And I watched this guy, and I was like, are you kidding me? Because his, not only was he having a hard time getting out of his truck, but his truck was so filthy. It may it made me think I don't want to live like that and I don't want to look like that. So my truck is generally pretty clean. I wash it all the time. I get complimented on it because I pretty much keep it very clean. And I try to keep my weight down. I do not want to be that guy. No, no, that's yes. really sensible. <laughs> so back to your book, right. which is coming out in the next few months. Who do you think would enjoy it? Well, Everybody who's gone and seen the Jason Bourne movies would love this book. Everybody who's gone and seen Avengers movies would love this book because there's a, di- there's a, there's a dynamic in my book. Even though Briscoe Duvall's is a, a fantastic human being with his own mind, his own gifts, in this book along the way, he gets blessed with an omelet of Ra. And this, this amulet, in turn helps him along the way because it is something that was gifted to an overseer of this planet thousands of years ago. And she has been alive for thousands of years. But Ernest, but Briscoe de Valls is himself considered a paladin. And that's where the name of the book comes from. Uh-huh. And he is, he's a blessed human. And she sees this in him and she blesses, she helps him out because it was foretold a long time ago that she would do this. So she helps him. She gives him the amulet, and he, in turn, saves the day in the long run with a whole menagerie of, of like Avengers-like dynamics. As far as he is cloaked in the, in the armor of Ra that you can hardly see, but you know she's and he's going up against a, a sorcerer, and she is a voodoo priestess of the highest order, and he has to defend her and her minions. And her backers who come to help her. And we'll see how Briscoe Duvall does. Briscoe Duvall does. Oh, that sounds amazing. So where can listeners go to learn more about your books and find out updates about Paladin? Well, they can go to the website. Just type in Devon and Green. That's all you have to type in. It'll be the first thing pulled up. And that's D-A-V-O-N and 
G-R-E-E-N-E, and it'll pull up my website, or you can go to the J.W. Perkins group, and it'll pull up the website. But uh, if they go there, uh, your listeners can have a free chapter. All they have to do is put in their uh, email address, name, and we'll send them the first chapter free. Excellent. Thank you so much. I'll put a link to those in the show notes so everyone knows yes, where ma'am. to connect with yes, you. Ma'am. Now, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Devon and Green. It's been really great to talk to you and learn more about your writing and your trucking business and everything. Well, it was my pleasure, Victoria. I enjoyed it immensely. And thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.